You are listening to Hoisting the Sail, a supply chain podcast. From our new studio on Governor's Island, overlooking New York Harbor, we talk to the innovators and professionals who use the wind to power the maritime supply chain. I'm your host, Kat Bride. Hoisting the Sail is presented by Wind Support NYC. We are very much looking forward to today's conversation with Richard Forrest, the owner and CEO of Sea Air, the international hydrofoil specialist. Richard will speak to us from Lorient in beautiful Brittany. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kate. Well, we've had you on our radar for a while, so we're delighted that we could finally arrange our schedules and speak to you from across the Atlantic and get into the nitty gritty of this fascinating and dynamic company. Richard, you've been involved in flying boats, the avant-garde and cutting edge of technology for hydrofoils, but now this is your own company. Why did you decide to go out on your own? It's a very strange but uh, lovely uh, story, in fact. I was living in Paris in my previous life for 20 years, and we decided with my wife to move uh, in Brittany. And uh, in my previous job, it was my own company. I had the opportunity to sponsorize a sailing boat for the Route du Rhum. I think, do you know this famous uh, race? Yes, of course. And it was a, a woman, 50 years old, and it was five times she, she made the, the Route du Rhum. And it was for us a, a very exciting experience. And then we decided to sponsorize her. And she won in the Rhum category. And then, as it was a woman, uh, 50 years old, we, we make a lot of TV uh, records with uh, the most famous skippers of the Route du Rhum. And then, in, in fact, uh, we, there were a lot, a lot of visibility for our company. And after the Route du Rhum, I received so much to call from uh, skippers who were looking for sponsors. Uh, and one of them was Bertrand. Bertrand was one of the first French uh, skippers practicing the, the flying boats. The GC32. And in fact, it was a, a meet between a Bertrand technical guy, expert in selling boats, a famous skipper, and me, a businessman, fond of innovation. For the first call, he asked me, Oh, do you have 1.5 million to make uh, some boat flying? Uh, I don't have 1.5 million, <laughs> just a few uh, <laughs> kilo euros. But I was very, very interested by the second part of the sentence. And then I decided to meet him. And after one hour of discussion, I said, oh, forget it. I think it's not a problem of money because hydrofoil, it's a very old concept. It's a century old concept. And then I say, it's not a problem of money. It's just a new vision of how can it works with new materials, with new simulations, with new electronics. How can we apply a new version hydrofoil system or something? The second part of my analysis was, I am a businessman. When I see a port, I see a lot of sailing boats, okay. But I know that to practice hydrofoils, practice a flying sailing, you need to be an expert, in fact. Mm-hmm. I had the feeling that it was not the good market target. But when you see the port, you have a lot of motorboats. And then I said to Bertrand, okay, I can uh, try and make something with you, but only if it is with a new view of the marketing for hydrofoils and if it is dedicated to the motorboat. And then uh, we created the company, then I leave my previous job, and then I, I moved with my family uh, in Brittany. 
I know a lot of our audience is very curious about hydrofoils, and you say that this technology is old. One of our guiding lights at hoisting the sail is the memory and legacy and wisdom of the fantastic, legendary French sailor, Eric Taberly. His legacy is one of the inspirations of this podcast. Perhaps you know his famous quote, Richard, one day all boats will fly. Yes, I know very well this sentence because it's uh, on the bottom of my PowerPoint. <laughs> so you see it everywhere too. So we're on the same page. W what I'd like to ask you is hydrofoils are seen in the public sphere as specifically for racing. Make your vessel go so much faster and win the race. Can you talk about some of the commercial applications for hydrofoils? That you mentioned is a main difficulty for us, in fact. Uh, because everybody knows the sailing boats, but we don't imagine that we can apply the hydrofoils for a motorboat, for passenger transport. Or... For us, it's difficult to explain that. So, what are the main benefits of hydrofoils for motorboats? I think there is three major points. First one, for small boats, and say from 8 to uh, 12 or 15 meters length, it's the comfort, the shock mitigation. On biggest boat, 20 or 30 meter lens, there is still this mitigation, but not the same uh, thing. For me, the main, main great impact is the fuel reduction. Uh, because in fact, the main enemy of the boat is the weight. What is the weight for the boat? The boat itself is the equipment, it's the passengers, the, the payload. So the heavier it is, the deeper it sinks. And then in fact, of motorboat has just designed to push water every time. When you push water uh, with your hull, you consume a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of water. Mm -hmm. so the main idea for hydrofoils is to lift the boat every time, even in a roof sea, to uh, reduce this drag. And then to improve the comfort, then to improve the average speed and to ease the fuel consumption. Give you an idea, we are able to save at least probably only 50% of fuel. The main benefit is the fuel saving, is the comfort and the, the average speed. And when you combine these three items, today nobody uh, have the technology improve motorboat, to improve the comfort and to save the planet. There is the zero emission focus. Very important yeah. to have a goal to reach this point of target, but I'm not sure that a zero emission will arrive very soon. Uh, because there is a lot of technological challenges. We heard about hydrogen, for example, but hydrogen in roof sea could be dangerous. There will be uh, some form of certification. The weight is still very important. And I think very important to be focused on zero emission, but it's for tomorrow. But today, we have already the 50% saving with this kind of system. Mm -hmm. That's what Sierra is focused. In fact, many of our listeners, as they as they tune into this episode, Richard, they're going to see your bio on your LinkedIn page. And you wrote, I'm planning a fantastic and fascinating future. As founder of Air, I have chosen to face the amazing challenge of making tomorrow's boats fly on an international scale. And you've just given us a great example of how you're making it happen. I'd like to talk to you a bit more about how Air got on the map. You are very well known as a professional in the hydrofoil space, but you really splashed on the international stage 
in May of 2017 because you made a mini Transat type of sailboat, the 747. Now, all of our listeners are certainly familiar with the 747, a Boeing aircraft. Many of us have flown on them before. Did you put a plane in the water, Richard? What happened? Talk to us about it. What's the story with this 747? It's a very nice story because uh, I'm not a boat uh, specialist. In fact, I'm, I'm fond of aeronautic and space exploration. And finally, this year, I am uh, at the end of my career because I am uh, 53, my last uh, big, big projects here. But uh, I think it has a, a star in the sky to give me the opportunity to make the link between the sea and the air that is my first patient. To give you an idea, I have passed my uh, motorboat license after, after having a creating Sierra. So the story of the, uh, the seven fortunes, in fact, it was the, the original idea of this boat. We don't change the number. It was its really uh, official idea. And so when uh, we created Sierra, uh, when I look at the market, I have understood that the sailing races, except America Cup, but all the others, finally wrote a lot of constraints, a lot of rules, that were slowing the innovation for selling boats. Because uh, we know that uh, each race is an economic uh, world, in fact, okay? There is uh, seven or 50 skippers, I don't know, with uh, uh, each one has uh, two million of budget. So in fact, it's a lot of money. So if they authorize a lot of innovation, they will kill their business model. So they decided to apply some rules, avoid full innovation on boats. And then when I understood that, I said to my team, team of experts, they are passionate with the sailing boat. I say, okay, we will work on a flying sailing boat, but only for research and development. And it is forbidden to go on races with this boat. At the beginning, they say, oh, you're crazy. But no, I say it's the only way to completely open the sky to make the full innovation as possible. And finally, with this small boat, it's a 6.5 meter, we have beautiful videos. And at the very beginning, when we published the first photos on the web, there was a lot of remarks, a lot of comments. Oh, it's a Photoshop. After publishing the video, they understood that we made anti-small 6.5 meter at the following capabilities. We were at 22 knots established. It was not the top speed, it was the normal speed, 22 knots for 6.5 meters at uh, 70 centimeters over the sea. It was amazing. The main idea of this project was to push the research and development in the maximum uh, way as possible, and then to deliver some patents, then to have a good impact on the sailing world to, to explain what CR can do. What is our, our core business is to make more planes. Richard, who wants to buy your boats? Who should buy your boats? Who is your ideal customer? And who is the customer who doesn't know about you yet? I think there is uh, four markets that uh, Sierra can address. The first one, but I, I will forget it very quickly, is the, the mass market. It's the goal, but I think actually we don't have any industrial process due to the price. I think today my biggest challenge is to decrease the price of production. It's a real problem because actually we cannot propose to the mass market some flying boats due to the price. And it's a real problem because we have the opportunity to save 50% of fuel today for everybody that have a boat. But I cannot sell this boat on the good price, on the right price. It's a problem because actually the technology is too complex. 
The electronic sensors are too expensive. The manufacturing of hydrofoil is too expensive because they are on carbon. And then the cost is too much for the mass market. If I have a dream, it's to decrease this price. Actually, we are only focused on the luxury market. We have several uh, flying tenders, uh, 8 meters, 10 meters uh, length boat, uh, used as toys on super or mega yacht. And the two other markets are still professional. The first one is the defense. But, you know, the defense market, uh, it's not the same timeline. We are working today to sell boats, I hope, in 28, probably. I don't know. It's a very long time, but it's it's a kind of evangelization to explain to the defense guy that we can give them very innovative boats for the future. Uh, it could be used for soldiers to deploy them with high speed on the more uh, discretion. Give you an idea, we, we made the first prototype for the special forces, for the French special forces. It was an eight meter rib. And after that, they say, oh, it's very interesting. But we think that the eight meter is a two small boat, but we will be very interested by a 20 meter length boat. And then we proposed to the European Defense Agency this project as a very innovative one. And finally, they selected this project. And actually, we are very, very happy because uh, we are working on this project under the European Defense Agency Fund. They, they pay all the study of this boat. The end of this study will uh, will be at the in December uh, 23. Yesterday I was in conference with the Washington DC uh, for the international cooperation uh, defense <laughs> between uh, countries, and I try to present this project. I don't know if US could be interested uh, to build this prototype with us. Uh, I don't know. The next target for us is to make this prototype 24 and 25, and then I'm looking uh, for funds. And the third market. And I think the biggest one is the passenger uh, transport. And uh, we will announce uh, in a couple of days or weeks, not a European company, I cannot say more today, but uh, we will announce a big, big contract for a 20 meter length boat to carry people. It's a public transportation with a, a boat that will be able to leave the port in an electric mode. So zero emission for five miles. After that, we leave the boat, we fly with the conventional engine one, two hours in IC. And then when we arrive, we will finish the five last uh, miles in electric mode. But remember, we are faster around 20% more than a standard boat. And in fact, we will save more than 50% of fuel. And then for passenger transportation, the solution, as already mentioned, is ready to go and see. And it will be a major project because uh, for Sierra and this new partner, when our ferry will be able to sail, I think in two years, we will be ready to remove our diesel engine to replace it by the hydrogen or I don't know which kind of new technology will arrive. But we will be ready for the zero emission. For us, the zero emission will be the final target for this boat, but now we are able to propose to the market an efficient solution to save more than 50% of fuel. I'm a little bit uh, confused that Europeans uh, don't understand today's uh, point and that it's uh, other uh, part of the planet. But I'm confident that uh, Europe will uh, follow uh, this first example on the US. Uh, why not? I have a few other questions for you specifically on what you're making now. Number one, Richard, where are your vessels built? Who's building them? Where are they being made? 
For small boats, they are made in France, full French flying boats. In fact, we are selling boats, but it's not our business. Our business is more the engineering purpose because hydrofalls had a lot of constraints on the hull uh, because there is uh, so much energy arriving a so small surface that we have to dispatch all the efforts inside the boat. Then our business is more to make strong boats with retractability because our falls are retractable and uh, with the regulation of the fins. So our main business is more engineering pure port rather than a boat builder. So sell boat to explain to the market that it works, but it's not our first business. This year, we split the company in two brands. One very focused on the engineering part, on the second one on the boat builder. For small boat, everything is done in France, but for the ferry or other kind of boats, Sierra owns the global IP of the boat with the hydrofalls, but we design this boat with specialists of transportation because we are not specialists of passenger transport. So we worked together with a very famous French company. We added in the team a famous French designer to, to add a luxury touch on the, on the design. The friends still have the global IP, and then we found a good deal with the local boat builder to license this boat. Mm -hmm. So I think our business model in the future will be probably more focused on the license. We will deliver the falls, the hydrofall systems, the, the, all the components, the physical components on the electronic to manage the, the hydrofalls, but we will not drill the, the big ferries. Complicated, not worth it. Okay, not big I'd like to ask you a little bit more about your interest and the interest to you in defense. How can you talk about the applications for the defense industry and what would you say is most important to them? Can you talk a little bit about how that relationship started and what they're hoping to achieve by using what you have? The first time we, we meet the military guys, the Navy guys, it was on the sea because uh, in Lorient, there is a famous special forces base. And in fact, we made a lot, a lot of sea trial. Every day we are on the water. We learn to, to understand their, what they are doing and they understand how the boat can fly. And after having explained them the fuel consumption, after explaining them the, the speed improvement, we are thinking together to make a prototype to modify one of their assault boats. And it was the first official project with the Navy. And it was just to discover, to, to give them the opportunity to test where the feeling of what we are producing. And after that, we won a first famous French innovation prize for this innovation among 2,500 of companies dealing with armor, with nuclear, with telecommunication, with cyber, with drones, with several boats. But after that, we were under the light of the French MOD. And finally, they opened the doors and they gave us the opportunity to show technology to other countries. And finally, in 2018, if I'm right, we were for the first time on the Sofins. The Sofins is a, a famous international special forces uh, show. And then we met a lot of foreign delegations. Day after day, Sierra was known in a lot of MODs. And then uh, we, we want this European project for the 20 meters. And this project has been done with uh, Danish and Spanish MODs. But uh, we are very well known in UK. We are very well known in Sweden, Finland, in Spain, in Portugal, in Italy too. 
thanks to our MODs that is promoting this innovation. Because the, the military guys are very interested with the shock mitigation for small boats, because when they have two or three hours of navigation or on assault, the most we preserve them, the best it is. Because these guys are their life in their hand. And if they are less tired, if the cognitive perception is better thanks to shock mitigation, if we give them the opportunity to be 20% faster, it's this time, the 24 minutes on the target before with the standard boat. So it's a 24 minutes saved that prevent enemy to prepare a counteroffensive. So time for military people is very important. Speed is very important. And the third thing is the fuel saving. Laurence Parly, the, the, the previous French defense MOD ministry, say we have to transform the gray boat in green boat. <laughs> That's a funny expression. Yes, yes, the green aspects are important for military people. But in fact, when you analyze that for special forces, if you save fuel, you can convert that in two things. First, you can give them more range, or the second one, you can replace the fuel saved by a more payload. So the fuel saving is the range or more payload. So they could be interesting by that. On the last point with the speed, we don't have the answer today because it's still an innovative project that's not on sea today, but we imagine that the futility could be better because we are faster. It's a totally closed boat because there is less drag than then less waves. So the visual detection boat will be probably more uh, more discreet. Do you have plans to tackle the U.S. market, Richard? For sure. To explain to the market that it worked at the beginning of, of the year, we modified one cylinder boat that becomes our flying tender, but we modified an existing boat. And it's not a new boat that we started from the white page. I said that to address the US market, it's better to start from the white page to ensure that everything is good because we have to pass a lot of homologation phase. We must be very compliant with the US requirements and we need to work with a local partner. So I think it was a little bit too early to try to address the, the market at the beginning of the year. But I think time has gone to, to start this point. And uh, for sure, if I found a financial partner and or a boat builder and or a commercial partner, yes, uh, I will see that uh, with uh, a lot of interest. On this podcast, Richard, we're always looking towards the future. And towards the end of every interview, we like to give our guests an open floor. For 24 I have really the dream to, to get the money to build this fantastic prototype for the defense boat. Because this 20 meter lens will be, I think, one of the major change in the future for navies. We see in the Russian and Ukrainian war that big boat only uh, should be a very easy target. So the Navy is looking for agility. They are looking for speed. They are looking for futility. When I am discussing with the French MOD on European, on some European MODs, agility, futility will be the key point for the next generation of boat. It will be better to have four 20 meters boat rather than one 80 meter. I think the agility will be a major point 
And I think we are actually the only one company working on this new generation of military boats. So I hope really finding the money to build this prototype and finding a technical partner because I'm not a boat builder and especially for military people. But for me, the best dream is more for my children, the planet saving uh, with the fuel saving. So as I have said at the beginning, the hull is pushing the water every time. Why? It's incredible to put water for nothing. Lift. If we try to leave the boat, we will have the first part of the answer for the zero emission. But it's not possible for large boats. Pragmatic is a, an important word for me. Uh, I think the hydrofoils have a very good, good sense for boats from uh, 5 to 30 meter length. It's not a good answer for, for largest boats. There is a lot, a lot of units on this range of boats. So if in 10 years, there is only 5% of, of this new kind of vessel that have foils, say 50% of fuel, oh, it's really fantastic. And after that, when the zero emission will be available, I think 20 years, all of boats will be clean boats. And I think that's the future. And I am very happy to be at the beginning of this story because it's very exciting. <laughs> so my dream is to find a good partner and partners for me, it's clients, it's board builders, it's investors, all the, the, the actors. We are not individual now. Everybody needs to work like a team. We have not to be competitors or we have not. This morning I had a, a phone call the Spanish guy, actually, we are competitors, but I say, why to spend so much of millions of euros on research and development? If we work together, I think we'll be uh, more efficient. And in fact, it's the, op the open source. I think we have to be more open-minded to work together to reach this goal of, of the green ship uh, for future with hydrofoil and sea hydrofoil. Well, we're right behind you, and we, we look forward to that fascinating future as well. And last question, will we see you at the Win for Goods conference in Saint-Nazaire in June? It's on the tablet. I have a lot and a lot of solicitation to speak on the green boat, to speak on uh, defense, uh, to speak on hydrofoils. But it's just a question of agenda, but uh, I like the communication. I like to explain to the others my passion of innovation, my passion of boats, my passion of hydrofoils. Well, we'd love to have you. Well, we're ready for that revolution. Any day will do. Thank you, Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not already subscribed, please sign up to Hoisting the Sail wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, visit Windsupport NYC on LinkedIn. Write to us at podcast at windsupport.nyc.